Dear friend, let's discover more of who we are together. Love, Haley and Amanda. Hello, hello. Hello, dear friends. Do we have an episode for you this week? Do we have an episode for us this week? I know, honestly, we keep saying after we finished recording it, we can't wait to go back and listen to it again. So can we hurry up and do this and edit it? So if you have a bookmarker, um, put your bookmarker on this episode, this one you want to come back to. We have the one, the only, Bonnie Davis. Now, Bonnie Davis came into our lives... It was pretty uh, random. I used to be a teacher, and one of my parents in the neighborhood bought me a massage from this local Masseuse. woman. Out of the, she, she works out of her home with massage and, and other therapies. But they really talked her up, and I was just like, I like massages, so I'll try it. And I went, and the world exploded. And Haley called me right after, and she goes, listen, we, we're about to collide with this woman. Bonnie, you need to go get a massage with her ASAP. And, and didn't you like, go, like, the next day or something? Yeah, it was the same week. And the same thing happened, major explosion. And we both kind of created separate friendships with her just from going to massage and then hanging out with her and then together, obviously. But she's just a very special person to us. Uh, You know how when you just there's certain people that you meet and you don't know why that connection is there, what's drawing you to each other. But it is strong and evident and you can't deny it. That's what we had going on with Bonnie. She says I can't remember exactly what she says, but it's the best um, verbiage. It's like she says we came in the same soul group or something. Yes. Like we came all together on this planet. Like we were meant for each other. We're grouped and we were going to find each other no matter what. And so she's not only just an incredibly awesome person, but she's incredibly knowledgeable about breath work. Breath work is something that she's been trying to get Haley and I, um, to do with her and, and where we've been kind of preparing ourselves for it and we we're starting with her. Um, but she is certified and she has been working in her education and breath work and she is a certified biodynamic biodynamic. I want to say in biodynamic breath, breath work. work. And she talks in the episode all about the people that she studied under and that she has gained the certification from. It is another level of healing and an elevation of how we should be living our lives and moving through the world and the trauma that we've been through and we're all carrying with us whether we think we are or not. So and th- beyond her credentials though, um her own experiences with breath work um, are kind of what drew her to it. And you're going to love this episode because it's not just she, her energy and presence is so incredibly peaceful, but also she gives really tangible step-by-step things that we can do to get started on our breathwork journeys and how important breathing is. Um, Mm -hmm. Something that seems so obvious, but we don't really pay attention to. But the coolest part was the very beginning. I was just about to say that. That beginning of the the recording, she was like, let's do a tarot reading. And we were like, for which one of us though? And she was like, the podcast. And it was so spot on. You guys just wait and hear and if you're not in or believe in tarot cards or whatever that's fine but just read how 
what how on point it is with our mission behind talking to you guys every week. So we're we're our, we're gonna jump in with Bonnie Davis, but before we do, let's do our pledge. Oh, hand over our hearts. Can't forget that. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United Mates in America, and rarely in public is where we stand, one friendship under God, indivisible, live purdy, and just us for all, and Bonnie Davis. And Bonnie. And remember, guys, the whole thing about this podcast is that hopefully when you sit down with us as you're listening to this or on your walk or in your car or wherever you are, that it is a conversation with a dear friend that you're sitting in on that makes you leave revitalized mm-hmm. and realigned to who you are and who you want to be. And you go out back into the world and keep ripple affecting out there all the mm. goodness and Bonnie's mm. going to give it to you. So take a deep breath and soak it all in. All right. Here's Bonnie Davis. What, what kind of sage is this that you gave us? This is dragon's blood sage, very potent, very cleansing. It's my favorite. Why, um, for people who don't understand sage or, or know anything about it, what is the importance of it? Like, why do people use it? People use it to bless uh, the body to bless the space that we're in to um, for many different reasons it's antimicrobial mm-hmm. it has many different uses and it just sets a nice um, a nice ambiance a nice smell has a nice smell mm-hmm. and it clears the energy helps to set the it. intention And we're actually going to start the interview today with um, Bonnie doing a tarot reading. And it's not a reading for us individually. It's it's for our podcast. I know. And for where it's headed and what it means to us and the energy around it. So and even today's conversation. conversation. Yes. All of that. We'll see what the cards have to say. This is a new deck. This is the White Light Oracle deck, Enter the Luminous Heart of the Sacred by Alana Fairchild. Beautiful deck. (laughs) It is beautiful. Beautiful deck. And we'll let these lovely ladies pick a card. Should we each pick one or pick one together? Uh, Pick one together. Hands together. Do you feel okay right here? Wow. Wow. Vulva, uh, I don't even know how to say this. Vulva of Cedar, card number 30. It's a beautiful card. Vulva, isn't that vagi- like part of your vagina? Uh, it's not vulva, it's vul. V O L V A. So okay. let's. I was like, wow. Feminine mm. energy. Let's consult the book. Hmm. Number 30. It is a beautiful card. It yes, is. this is a nice deck. I'm just now beginning to become comfortable with it. I'll just read the little blurb. Okay. 
Your inner spiritual power can heal circumstances in your life and our world in ways greater than you realize. Journey within to gain clarity and conscious redirection of your inner energies toward what you wish to manifest. Do not try to control what is happening. Yeah, good luck with that. I think we all learned about control the past 18 months, as in we have no control. Instead, work to bring positive influence to bear to that you may contribute constructively towards shaping the outcome for the greater good. Oh, Ooh, my wow. gosh. That is perfect because that was know? my intention. That was liter- that's it's literally like our whole heart for the- this whole podcast. Yes, I think I know you guys' hearts very much. And yes, I would say yes to all of that. Man, oh. the vulva is spot on. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. special, Bonnie. I know. Oh, I that agree. was a fun way to start. I, I love that. Yeah, we should start all of them with well, card and reading. It, about like the the inner intentions and how it when, when you don't even realize it, it can cause something for the greater good just because you're trying to be your best aligned self. I mean, that is really on point with what we are trying to do and the young pueblo quote that we usually read at the beginning about how these conversations with dear friends they make us go out into the world and be better and that's what we know a hundred percent this conversation is going to do everything is intention that's where the energy comes from from our intention yeah well so today, you're going to talk about breath work because you you have become certified in breath work. But before we get into that, we'd love to hear a little bit about your story. Okay. Well, you ladies know that I don't do interviews usually, <laughs> but I'm making an exception yes. here. Um, my story, my story is very long and has taken many winding paths, mm-hmm. but Two things that have been consistent is that I have been working two parallel paths, a path of spiritual seeking and a path of self-healing. And those paths have crossed and merged and have brought me to where I am today. That's what also brought me to breath work, and that's what brought me to the divine. And to us. And to you, <laughs> my angels. You're, You're our angel. <laughs> oh my gosh. So for before we get into breath work, can you kind of like what you did with the, the sage, can you kind of give everyone a brief overview of what breath work even is and why it's important? Okay. Well, that's fairly simple because it's been my experience personally and working with people that none of us know how to breathe deeply. We are totally dependent on our autonomic nervous system, which breathes us. We do not breathe. Our system breathes us, which just pretty much tells you what a miracle this body is because we don't have to think about breathing. Hmm. We breathe. We don't have to think to make our heart pump. Our heart beats. We don't have to think about our kidneys filtering out waste. Our kidneys just know to do that. We are walking miracles. It's okay. crazy. So we can start there. Yes. yes. We don't 
know how to breathe. Therefore, we are depriving ourselves from our life force energy, oxygen, sunshine, the foods we eat, those give us the ability to live. Mm. And if we're not breathing deeply, we're depriving ourselves of life force energy. We are lacking motivation. We feel tired. We feel depressed. Um, and so we also, which I've learned from you, we hold any like past trauma or stress or anything if we're not intentionally breathing that just stays in our bodies too and we carry all that around oh yes the first thing that happens in trauma and who has not been traumatized in this lifetime Mm -hmm. everybody's been traumatized if it's not a major trauma I experienced several major traumas in my childhood in my early adult years that's why it's been 35 years of self-healing yeah Um, But even car accidents, surgeries, Mm -hmm. um, breakups, divorce, those are traumatic. And um, yes, the first thing that we do when we're in trauma is to stop breathing. Mm -hmm. So we can prepare ourselves to meet that trauma either by fighting, Mm -hmm. fleeing, Mm -hmm. or freezing. And in a lot of cases, uh, or dissociating, there's so much involved in how we deal with trauma. Yeah. So Okay, so I have a question before we get more into the breath work. So you're saying like our body is a miracle because it's doing these things for us. We don't even have to think about it. So like our lungs are breathing for us. But is it just that we aren't getting enough oxygen of it because it's doing it like we're all breathing but we're not deeply breathing what is the difference between what it's keep what's keeping us alive why is that not good enough why do we have to do breath work to go deeper with our breathing well most people are breathing from the upper chest Mm -hmm. very shallow breathing and yes that will get us through life But when we start incorporating more oxygen and breathing deeper, Mm -hmm. we vitalize ourselves. We revitalize ourselves from a cellular level. Hmm. And once you start breathing deeply, you create an expansiveness in the body. And that allows repressed emotions that are buried deep in our cellular structure our muscles, our tendons, our tissues in the body. The body holds everything. The type of breath work I do is an embodied breath work. There's breath work that will take you out to the outer reaches reaches of space. Mm -hmm. And I've been out there. But for all intents and purposes, if you're dealing with trauma, Mm -hmm. you have to be in the body. And I spent a great deal of my life dissociated, and that was probably good then. Mm. But at some point, as we mature, it doesn't serve us anymore. So Mm. our defense mechanisms Mm. that created our character structure are not good for us anymore. And they may repress and suppress the negative emotions like fear, anger, rage, Um, But they also don't allow us to feel the good emotions like compassion and empathy and love and tenderness. And I'm 
like so I emotional right now. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but like it first of all, it just I don't know if it's coming across in the audio, but it just feels really good right now being with you mm-hmm. and just talking. I feel like this is so important. I feel like so many people do deal with the difficulties in life by disassociation are numbing and because it's really hard to make yourself do that work and look deeply at yourself and how you handle things and um, I love that this is like a physiological um, act for your body to help deal with those emotions it's such a, an amazing thing that you've gone to learn about this is sacred work yeah in any workshops I've been in, in person, on Zoom, uh, one-on-one with clients. This is sacred work. I have the utmost admiration for anybody that is willing to meet themselves in their worst pain where they are. Mm. It's hard. It's hard. And you're going to cry. And you might scream. And you might pound the floor or the table or lash out or kick And we do those things when we're breathing because we've inhibited all of that, Mm. usually as children who didn't have the ability to hit back or talk back or defend themselves in any way. Mm. When do you think, like, as humanity, this is a bigger question, well, because you're saying that, we know how to breathe, but we're breathing from our upper chest, which is kind of just us more or less staying alive, buzzing around, not dealing with stuff on a very surface level. But if these bodies of ours are miracles and they really know what to do, I feel like as humanity, there must have been some sort of Shift. shift. Yeah. Where people are like, as a whole, we have decided and our bodies have have evolved or devolved to to this shallow place. And now I feel like there's some kind of awakening sort of happening where people are trying to go deeper again. It's very interesting that you say that, Haley Ryan, because I've often wondered why we're not teaching children from a very young age how the body works. Mm. I remember just having basic physical education classes where they show you about, well, venereal disease, mm-hmm. don't have sex, uh, this is what you do if you get your period, and yeah. that's kind of all you learn about the body. I have a list of things. Why aren't we teaching children how to breathe? Well, children know how to breathe. You mm-hmm. never see a child walking around with their belly sucked in trying to look all yeah, slim and they trim go and diaphragm. Deep. They children know how to breathe, but we lose that. Um, we lose that innocence, and why aren't we teaching children from a very young age how the digestive system works, how the blood circulates in the body, how everything works together? Why aren't we teaching people? What a magnificent, sacred vessel we are living in. I I wanted to say something real me quick. Me too. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, we'll have time for Don't both. Don't fight over me. <laughs> no, Remember. but I, I think it's really interesting. Like I was just talking to this woman last week, and she said that because of some childhood trauma, 
she really will not allow herself to look at herself in the mirror. Um, and it's, she was just saying that she has, it's like a learned, um, behavior to where if she's washing her face or in the bathroom, like it's, she has a routine of not looking in the mirror and, um, which that's, that's very sad, right? Because I was telling her how beautiful she is and she, she was having shocked. Yeah. She it. couldn't really receive it. And she told me that she can't even look at herself in the mirror. And something that you and I and Haley have talked about all together about, especially like with women, um, you, we get this kind of restriction around our, our throats, um, like whenever I'm talking about something that's really important, I get like where I, it's really shallow breathing and kind of tight. And, and the phrase is choked up. Yeah. And, and what, what's interesting to me is like recently in the past year, when I've started like getting more massages with you and going to the chiropractor regu- regularly and things like that, I'm so much more aware of my body. And so I'm, ch- I'm like saying all these things cause it's small. Th- some of it's small, some of it's big that we don't realize we w- don't even notice these vessels we live in that like, I'll realize, Oh, my, my shoulders are up and tight. Why? Okay. Let me relax them. Or like I'll feel around or on my abdomen and be like, Oh, this is kind of tender. And you know, you, you you don't take time to do those things. And it's obviously very important to be aware of these physical bodies. That's our first awakening. Hmm. Because without going into great detail, but a lot of this yeah. is coming up now in the world. There are our forces in the world. That would have humanity unaware and asleep Mm -hmm. and sitting in front of their televisions being entertained. Yeah. And so you keep people asleep. And then when people start waking up, it's like, oh, wow, (laughs) this body is fabulous. I'm fabulous. Yeah. I am way more than I was ever led to believe. Yeah. I'm not a sinful creature. Mm-hmm. I'm not a I'm not an animal. Yeah. We are in one sense, but we are created for more. Yeah. And to your friend that hasn't been able to look in a mirror, I totally identify with that because for many years I could not look in a mirror. Hmm. And I think that stems from a lot of shaming as a child. Yeah. And there's a wonderful book by Louise Hay called Mirror Work that helped me a great deal. And maybe you want to recommend that to your friend. Yeah, I will. What were you going to say? I was going to say that when you spoke about innocence, it struck a chord for me because um, I think we are so pure but so brave and and as as kids um, and children. And I think that what's happening when you said lose the innocence is that we are exposed, but we almost don't know it as kids. We are letting ourselves be exposed by creation. Um, but as we grow up, it's like the world, what you were just touching on the world, society, 
ha- tells us to protect ourselves. So it it takes that vulnerability away, and we're taught to not let ourselves be exposed because there's something gonna get us, or you don't want to come across wrong, or whatever. But in without realizing, that's whenever our bodies and our breath start to lock up and we're trying to just protect ourselves but in return like you mentioned in the beginning we are protecting ourselves but we're also cutting ourselves off from true connection from handling the things that are in our bodies and letting our spirit be as free and as powerful as it can be and you're saying that breath work helps unlock unlock that yes yes because we are trying to get back to our core yeah that is covered with repressed emotions Mm -hmm. muscular tension and defense mechanisms in the outer character structure so we have to recognize the character structure slash defense mechanisms work through the muscular armor, which Mm. is a term from Wilhelm Reich, one of the developers of this type of breath work we'll be talking about. Well, he's the grandfather of this Mm -hmm. whole thing. And uh, that's how I became acquainted with it 35 years ago. I was at a gym working out, and after I finished working out, I went in to change clothes, and on the bulletin board was an article, and in this article, there was a term called muscular armor that just jumped out at me because Mm. I felt in my own body that my muscles were like armor Mm. protecting me, Mm. but also inhibiting me at the same time. So I started researching Wilhelm Reich, and uh, I've been fascinated by his work ever since he's the grandfather of the mind-body connection Hmm. unfortunately all his work was confiscated by the United States government and he died in an American prison in 1957 really yes and there's a lot of information about Wilhelm Reich out there so in case anybody's interested yeah And um, Alexander Lowen was Wilhelm Reich's client at one time, and then he became a colleague, and he carried on Wilhelm Reich's work and uh, discovered this type of work called bioenergetics, so working with the body and the breath. And Alexander Lowen passed away, oh, maybe eight years ago. Mm -hmm. He is also another fabulous person to get acquainted with. He wrote 17 books as far as I know, maybe more. Um, I have most of them. And then I have to give the chronology of this because this is important to me. Um, From Wilhelm Reich to Alexander Lowen, Wilhelm Reich was more scientific and very clinical. Alexander Lowen... Um, made it more accessible and understandable and showed in his books exercises to do, made it more practical. Mm -hmm. And then my breathwork teacher, uh, I can't say enough good things about this person. His name is Gitan Tonkov, took all the work from Reich and Lowen and brought it to the people Hmm. and made it 
accessible to everybody and has trained so many people in this fabulous work. And to see him do it, it, it looks so simple because mm-hmm. I've seen him demonstrate so many times and I'm always amazed mm. at how he processes things and teaches it. And just to give a little plug, yeah, this is uh, Gitan Tonkov. His book is called Feel to Heal, Releasing Trauma Through Body Awareness and Breathwork Practice. Everything is right here mm. that you need to know. <laughs> and I have my autographed copy right here. Woo! And, um, and that, you, be, you were going to his workshops, and that's who you got certified through? Yes. Incredible. It's Biodynamic Breathwork and Trauma Release. It's uh, biodynamicbreath.com. He's doing a free breathwork session this Sunday at 10 o'clock Pacific time, which I just mm-hmm. signed up for. And um, they offer online classes. There's a lot of YouTube videos about breathwork in case anybody's interested. But that is the type of breathwork I do. That's mm-hmm. the only type I can recommend because mm-hmm. I'm dealing with trauma. Right. And the people I'm working with are dealing with trauma. Right. I have done other kinds of breath work, but I, I've been out there. I need to be in here. Yeah. We all need to be in here. This is Settle where in. it's happening. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. The yeah. mind is pathological. Everything is happening in the body at a cellular level. Hmm. Can I do do you know what you were gonna say? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um so I, I have this is also kind of a big question. It's something that Haley and I have had many conversations over the past probably five years about. Um, it seems like, and and I, I don't know if I believe this or not, so I'm not saying this as a fact, like I'm asking being open. It seems like humanity is, it, its natural instincts are kind of this protective and harsh, um, like take care of self, like make sure I'm safe, I'm provided for, I'm going to protect me and mine over anyone else. And which a lot of that makes sense from like an animal perspective. And it seems like it's the really hard work to go on this different path of above. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this path of beyond ego and soul. And do you like it's kind of this question we think about all the time like are we do we tend towards good but why is it so hard do we tend are we do we tend towards bad and we have to fight to be good like what do you think about that wow that is a big question (laughs) well that's a big one because even like doing this breath work and people trying to go on these journeys to become their better selves it's why is it so difficult? Do you know what I mean? Well, and I think what you're trying to say, too, is even when you speak about um, these kind of things, you talk about sort of a return to yourself or like a coming home or like, and like it, that uh, children are the innocent. Yeah, like a finding. Yeah. So we all that's what we're we always try to figure out, which I guess doesn't matter. But if we are in the beginning and you know, naturally this pure higher self and then something happens that takes us away from it and then the work is getting back to that. We're remembering 
there's nothing to get back to because we've never lost our innocence. Mm -hmm. We forgot who we came here as. Mm -hmm. And we are moving now. I think everybody's kind of feeling it from an ego base that is my, me, mine, my iPhone, iPad, I, 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 <laughs> me, me, me. Yeah. It's all about me, you know? Well, I learned a long time ago that the world does not revolve around me. It's not just about me because we're all one. Yeah. So we're moving from ego to heart. And mm. in moving to the heart, then we develop a greater love, the love that we came here to express for each and every other individual because we're all one. Mm. We look different. We have different stories. But fundamentally, we are one humanity. No matter what color we are, what color hair we have, whether we're male or female, we are one family. It's like the soul of the world. We yes, all are connected. I refer to it as the body of Christ, not the Christ people may think of hanging on a cross. I don't uh, look at it that way. Mm-hmm. We are Christ consciousness. We are the body of Christ. We're here to shine our light in the world and to love mm. and to take care of the earth yeah. because we are part of the earth. We are made up of all the things the earth is made of. We are here to care for the earth, not take everything, extract as yeah. much as we can from the earth. Doesn't feel right. And then go to Mars. No. No. Doesn't we feel right. We are supposed right. to be coming back to our bodies, to our hearts, to care for this beautiful planet and each other. It's not that difficult of a concept. But conversely, there are forces that would extract everything from this planet Mm. that don't care about our souls, that only care about money and power. And I think that's fairly obvious without going into who they are or what they might be up to. It's pretty obvious. And people are waking up. Mm -hmm. I agree. So for people that are feeling the sensation of waking up, Hey, I'm feeling like I want to get to, I want to remember. I want, I'm feeling that my, my muscular armor, all of that. If you were just meeting those people, what would you give them for like a step one, step two, easy way to get into breath work, um, as breath work for beginners or what have you? I would have them come and see me because I (laughs) developed a program called Befriending the Breath, which is still developing, and now I'm also working with the spine, and the cranium is calling me to that. But there isn't... And you do it on Zoom, too, so if people aren't local, you can still meet with them about breath work. Yes. I have friends and people I work with all over the world, but it's not easy And I think the hardest part right now is information. There's so So, much information out there. There's breath work. There's astral projection. There's how to ground, how to center, how, you know. It is overwhelming, that whole 
atmosphere that are that this this like self care and you know self growth. Yes, it's there's a lot. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to me. Yeah. So I I can only speak for me. I'm in the process of simplifying things, although it doesn't quite seem like it right now. Because <laughs> the more I try to simplify, the more source gives me to do. Like, yeah. oh, now you need to learn about this because you can help people in this way. Yeah. Uh, for instance, the raindrop technique using essential oils, and I can work with the spine because I feel like I need to do that and help people support their immune systems. Mm. Why are we not teaching people about the immune system, the most important system in our body? As simple as thumping your thymus activates T1 cells. Why do people not know that? <laughs> yeah, Hurry, hurry. <laughs> Dump that thymus. (laughs) I mean, why are we not teaching people how the lymphatic system and the immune system work together? One of the best things you can do for the lymphatic system is to breathe deeply because we get lymphatic Mm. congestion if we're not breathing deeply. So just deep breathing gets the lymphatic system pumping because it doesn't have a pump like the cardiovascular system. Only through movement and breath does the lymph move in our bodies. So wow. why are we not teaching people how to do that? Why are because, we not? Because we want them to be sluggish and sick so we can sell them lots of pharmaceutical drugs and put them in hospitals. But I won't go down that road. <laughs> hmm. Although we could. We, we could, we could have another could. podcast about that. Because you, you lent me a book called Remotely Controlled. Yes. And I, it about made me pass out. <laughs> yes. Because it... It, I mean, obviously, we know that these things are addicting, our phones, our TV screens and everything. But yeah, it, it, it's like it puts you on hold and you're not even living your life. You're living vicariously. Yes. Which is sad. And your body, that's not how it was created to live. No, it's not. We are part of nature. We are not technological beings. We're not artificial intelligence. We are human beings, but there are forces out there that would have us be addicted to technology because it serves them Mm -hmm. and it makes us more malleable, but we are real. We are capable of love, and as far as I know, artificial intelligence is not capable of love. So you, when you walked in today, handed us a paper Uh because Bonnie is an endless well of resources (laughs) and wisdom and knowledge. And it says how to feel your feelings, which oh, I was about to say that. And then I just read it. It says a thing that sounds obvious, but totally isn't. And it's exactly what you're saying what you were just saying right now there's forces that have kind of pruned pruned us no that have kind of made us groomed us us groomed us to not feel our feelings and to be malleable in this other way and kind of convince us that we shouldn't have these kind of feelings or listen to them or feel them so I wouldn't mind if we kind of went through these steps just to have kind of a tool for people that are just going to listen to this podcast and then not look at any other resource to walk through how to really feel a feeling because I, I associate, I think that there are people 
that most people probably that are afraid of this process. Oh, terrified. So people are terrified of feelings. Even, even me. Yeah. Even me. Even me. Okay, well, well let's not do it. it. Never mind. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so walk well, us through. Well, yeah, because I, I before we do that, I was going to say that it, it's like when some, when some fear or scary feeling comes up, you were saying people fight, flight, numb, disassociate, freeze. freeze. You know, we have all of these ways to kind of avoid it and not deal with it. And um, I think whenever I've heard different people talk, they're like, well, just like lean into the feeling. I'm like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? At first, I I was like, what does that mean? Um, And so... I, I want to walk through this because I think a lot of people say, feel your feelings and like lean into it. And it's not really a good tool to say. Well, emotions are part of biodynamic breathwork and trauma release, which is a six component. There are six components to it. And conscious emotional um, e- emoting your feelings consciously is part of it mm-hmm. not being over that's i think one of the fundamental reasons people are afraid of their emotions because they feel that they will be out of control mm-hmm. yeah there was a time when i thought if i express my anger or rage at what happened to me as a child i would destroy the world yeah like the world would catch on fire and then everything would disintegrate. Like mm-hmm. that movie Carrie. Yeah. I that's how I saw myself. Yeah. Like if I let this yeah. out, I'm gonna destroy things. Right. Well, uh, it was destroying me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. God, that makes sense. And then through um I've had three different uh therapists in my life. Each one was for one year, one through for uh, child abuse issues, and then later on in life, one for relationship issues, Mm -hmm. and then even later in life, one for family issues. Mm -hmm. And um, as I started working with my own feelings, I forgot where I was going with this. But yeah, they're hard. Nobody wants to feel them. Well, and you were saying that you were afraid that you would catch on fire and it would explode? Oh, yeah. I was going to... Oh, that's where I was going. The tennis racket. So I had a therapist who suggested to get these feelings out, get a tennis racket, and then whack on the bed as hard as possible just to get those feelings out. Yeah. And so I went and bought a tennis racket, and I was in my bedroom wailing away on the bed. And then I turned around. My dog was behind me looking like that. Like, you know how they look at you. <laughs> like, gee, I wonder what she's doing. She's never done this before. And then I started laughing, and then I realized that I don't think this is working. Yeah. I had to breathe Yeah, to get to the feelings. Their movement is part of it. Uh, movement is involved, but whacking on my bed with a tennis racket wasn't. wasn't it for me. Well, but also, so you're saying you were afraid to let like go there because it would take over, but then there are people like myself who... Um, like I told you, I had a massive panic attack and it was like, it sucked me into this vortex for months. And so there are people who are afraid of it because they have felt that uncontrol, 
uh, like the, the uncontrolling vortex feeling. And so how do they avoid, yeah, how do you avoid going down into that vortex again, but still trying to feel the feelings? Is well, it breathing? <laughs> you will, yes. You will notice in my healing room, there is a hand drawing by one of my breathwork teachers, Prema McKeever. That's the river of life mm. and a big spiral with little spirals. Mm. Well, the big spiral is the trauma vortex. Mm. And that's why I do this kind of breath work. Mm. Because the goal, number one, is to keep people safe. Safety, you do not want to re-traumatize people. What would be the point of that? Yes. One trauma is enough. Yes. You know, why, why even do that? Um, although there are some schools of thought that think, you know, you get, get people to that point, they're re-experiencing it and, you know, have an epiphany. But I don't feel like that's good to send people back to the trauma vortex. So uh, BBTRS is based on a system of titration and pendulation where you activate the sympathetic nervous system just enough where the you breathe just enough where the emotions can start arising. Mm. Hmm. But before you even get to that point, you um, find resources, internal resources mm-hmm. and external. My external resources, the first one that comes to mind are my crystals. Um, although I have many resources, the color turquoise, memory of my grandmother, I... Uh, But ideally, you want to find a resource in your body, some part of your body, because this is an embodied breathing method. And I can say that for me, nine times out of 10, my inner resources is my heart. Yeah. Sometimes it's my hands because I have a lot of energy in my hands. Mm. One time it was my thighs. I'm not sure where that came from, but I felt a lot of stability. So you're looking for Mm. something in your body Hmm. that feels safe, Hmm. that you can depend on, that you know will sustain you and support you. Hmm. That's very interesting. So resources. If I had to say one thing that everybody needs to learn about is how do you resource yourself? What do you have in your memory, in your body, that you can depend on and mm. go to when those traumas do come up or where those triggers of past traumas come up? Mm. Or what do you have in your personal space, in yeah. your, your altar, your, and around you? We need resources, lots of resources. Yeah. And I tell people, make lists of your resources. I didn't know I had resources they're like little handrails to help you through exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. What a beautiful analogy. Yes. Well, and we we referenced um, in our last conversation um, about one of her therapists saying that whenever you're in a panic attack like that and you don't have a quote unquote handrail, that it's like you're parasailing with no boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it, and that's how a good way to get sucked into the trauma vortex. And I think it's right what you're saying. Like, it's so terrifying to go back to that place because when we were in that place the first time, there was no boat or no handrails. No safety. No safety. But knowing that even that safety can be inside of us and a part of our own bodies and our own memories is really powerful. Yes. It gives us the control back. It makes us realize how re- resilient we are yeah. when we can 
be feeling whatever trauma, whatever unpleasant feeling we're feeling, but know we have resources inside of us that are capable of taking care and meeting that resource. I mean, meeting that whatever. Yeah, that feeling. And we are capable of that, of holding both in this beautiful body at one time. We can be traumatized. We can be having a bad day. We can be stressed to the max. Yes, we can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we can also be strong and resilient within ourselves. Mm. Go to our highest self, act from there, work from the heart, know who we are. Yeah, We're resilient. Mm. sacred beautiful creatures i love that oh my mine is my grandfather i knew yeah the person that he was everything about him i i when i think of him i think the world's good and i think i i'm good and anyone can be good absolutely yeah it's good to have that something to hold on to yes okay so Let's, let's walk through, do you want one of these copies and we'll have the other one? How to feel your feelings. It says, number one, an unpleasant feeling arises. Yes, this will happen. I I have told people about uh, breath work and I have come back from workshops and I walk in the office and my boss is like, wow, you look so happy and and I look so happy. He paid for the next workshop because he saw that change. I, yes, he saw the change in me. And I want to share this information with him because he's a good candidate because he's had lots of traumas, but sometimes it's hard for men, as hard as it is for women yeah. to feel their feelings. It's harder for men because society has told men that it's not okay for them to be feeling creatures. It's so true. What a disservice this has done to the masculine. we got to start raising our boys to be open to yes, their feelings. absolutely. So, you know, when I, I took the information, I said, you got to look at this. At least look at my workbook. At least look at it. At least read it. And then the next thing was, well, is crying involved? And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, you're going to cry. <laughs> and it was like, oh, no, well, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. And I don't want to read that. But he did. And I don't know if he cried or not. But <laughs> I've did. seen him cry. And he's the most sensitive, kindest person ever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, unpleasant feelings are going to arise. And number two, number two says your mind launches into whatever inner story accompanies this feeling. Quote, I'm unlovable, I'm a loser, I resent my face, just for an example. Stop. Stop. You're thinking your feelings. Whoa. Thinking your feelings. Yeah. You're telling yourself how you feel. Yeah. I've because never thought of it like that. Because we don't want to feel it, so we think it, and then we get lost in the story. Oh. So, which brings me back to the mind is pathological. We Mm. want to go up here when we need to go in here. And so the mind is going to latch on to the story to keep you distracted. And this is a big, okay, I, I, this is a big part of this. The story is important. Mm. Yeah. Because you have to know what material you're working with. 
but there are people that have been in talk therapy for 10, 15, 20 years that are still telling the same story. Yeah. Conversely, I work with people that just intuitively know that telling their story is not helping them get better. Hmm. It's just a rehashing of the things that happened. You're not dealing with the emotion of it, with anything in the body related to it. If you can keep yourself distracted, and a lot of people will come in and want to talk for hours about everything they did wrong and who treated them badly. And, and it's important to hear people out. People want to be seen. Every human being from child to the oldest person wants to be seen and heard yeah. and people to know that I am alive, you know? And I have a story. Yeah. And I have a story and this is my story and I'm going to tell you my story. Yeah. So it's good to, at least in the assessment part to hear their story. Cause you got to know what you're working with. Cause it, you don't want to re-traumatize people and you have to know what their story is so as not to re-traumatize them. Wow. But some that's a crutch for some people is the story. Ooh. Well, I, okay, so it says stop. You're thinking your feelings. So the next step, redirect your mind away from these thoughts and into the sensations in your body. Mentally name them. My chest is tight. This is kind of what I was saying where recently I've started to be like, okay, wait, my shoulders are up. Hold on. Like, cause you're just walking around and okay, your shoulders are up here, but you're not, you have no idea they are cause they're just doing it. Um, <laughs> you're doing yes. their thing, but this is saying, stop, move away from the mind and the thoughts and go to the sensations in the body and name what's happening in the body. Yeah, why do you need to do that? It's important to give concrete, descriptive names to these feelings. It makes them more real. Like, oh, this feeling in my stomach, it's kind of got a squishy, uh, kind of greenish consistency that's murky and yeah. you know and that so th that brings you closer to that feeling that's coming from your body because we're so distracted by exteroception by what's happening in the external world to stay safe that's a biological function mm -hmm. yeah we are always scanning the environment so we're safe so everything is coming through our head our eyes our ears our nose our like we're bombarded with external stimuli. What chance does the body from the inside, which is interoception, what chance does that have when the body's saying, help me, help me, help yeah. me. You're not drinking enough water. Your kidneys are drying up, or you know? Yeah. Or it's my womb is so sad because I couldn't have children. Mm. Or, you know... The body is trying to get our attention, but we don't listen because the mind, with this, which is pathological, is feeding us worthless information, telling us how inadequate we are, how this can't be true, how what society is telling us must be right because everybody's doing the same thing. 
Well, and I was going to say that also a a prohibitor is that I've always thought about my feelings and my emotions as these like intangible things. They're just like air or something like you can't see them. You can't touch them. Yeah. Kind of how I think about a soul, which it's just not what the epiphany is for me recently in the past year, I would say, is that my feelings are tangible things and they're audible and they're living in my tangible body. And that if I don't get them out of my body, they will stay there and I will carry them around. And it makes it like naming them as a way of making it feel tangible and real, but also being aware of your body and letting them move like you've and I hope you do talk about them actually moving up through your body how we spoke in the beginning until they get to our throat and we I just hate the term choked up like we choke our own emotions to stay inside and not come out because I don't know why it's scary it's not um appropriate I don't know um and so this has been so helpful to this point of realizing it's in my body and now I can identify that. And then there's a process through breath work and other things of actually releasing them out of your body. I love this subject. I could just talk about this for a long time. Um, This is not an original concept, but somebody I know uh, has a term for emotions, and she calls them priestly advisors. Hmm. And I like that. I like to think of them like that because they are telling us something that's going on with us, you know? Yeah. And uh, how they arise is just fascinating because... Uh, aside from feeling like I was going to set the world on fire with my feelings of rage and anger, you think they're going to go on forever. Like yeah, you could be no consumed end. by the emotion. Emotions don't last that long. Hmm. You might be feeling like really crap, like at one minute, and then 90 seconds later, your best friend comes in and makes you laugh. Emotions are come, they're just like the breath. They yeah. come and go, they're like thoughts clouds in the sky emotions come emotions go we are not supposed to hold on to them we're supposed to let them flow the best thing you can do with emotions is let them flow Mm. feel them and let them go that's why you don't want to get stuck in the trauma vortex because you're not letting them go we're Mm. just stuck in the emotion replaying it over and over and over usually crying sobbing hysterically hyperventilating something like that (laughs) and it says number four breathe into the feeling slash sensation and allow it cry shake etc if you're not like in target yeah, <laughs> or or you can shake you and can target, target. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but you've got to feel the sensation, breathe into it, allow it, cry, shake, however your body's feeling it. And the thing that I was about to say is, this is so interesting, I'm kind of making this connection as we're talking, but I've been telling you I've been going to this holistic doctor, and one of the things that she has been helping me with is like this imbalance in my right and left brain, which is a lot of my anxiety Um, is attributed to that imbalance. And so she 
she was telling me that it's like I'm living like there's always a bear in the room. And my, my mind's like, okay, we got to make sure we're safe. Okay, wait, the bear's over there. We got to move over here. Okay, we got to make sure. Okay, wait, no, hide in that bush. No, he's coming over here. We got to go over here. And she's like, your mind is living like in this very defensive, like things are happening um, your way, which is crazy because I don't really feel like, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't even see that falling. Um when we recover. And there's there the bear. Go. There's the bear. <laughs> was in the mic. But, you know, we live through the bear. Well, and I just, I don't feel like I'm at that type of level. But the truth is, is she was saying a lot of my exhaustion and some of my fatigue is like from this constant state of the bear being in the room. And so the therapies that she started doing with me, it was like this hypomat where she she has these vibration gloves and she goes all over my belly and I'm holding a conduit and um, I listen to this binaural music that is is really focusing on the right side of the brain and she's stimulating my physical body to release serotonin in my digestive system and I I <laughs> felt like I was on a high. I felt... Like, cause, because I connected to my body, my brain had to stop because it was being distracted and I was focused on what my body was feeling and I hit a high. Yay. And it lasted for days, this like serotonin pump through my body. So I, I, I totally, this, it's just a weird parallel that I'm also learning myself, but like these, your mind and your feelings. Yeah. In your body. Yeah. It's wild. It is wild. And Oof. I would like the name of your doctor because yeah. I want the gloves. Oh, my gosh. Belly. Yeah. I was like, what's I, well, she finished and she took off my headphones and I go, OK, explain everything that just happened. And also, I want to do that every day. <laughs> she was like, OK, that's kind of how you are with me when I'm I giving know. you a massage. What's that there? What are you feeling? What are I'm you doing? Very curious. OK, so the okay. step five, because there's six steps. Step five says, this is right after you um, breathe into your feeling and allow it, cry, shake, get it out. Can we stop there for a yes. second? I'm sorry to interrupt you, Haley, but um, about the shaking, that leads me to want to talk about movement. Mm -hmm. When the em It's important in the process of getting this energy out, this emotional energy that's been stuck in the body for so long, Part of getting it out is movement. Hmm. Once you start breathing, you automatically start moving because it takes movement to breathe. Your chest lifts, your every right. you know, stuff moves, just the act of breathing. But shaking it out, getting that, um, and what will happen spontaneously in breath work is called tremoring. And mm -hmm. people get put off by that. Yeah. And you that. never want to forget too. to explain to somebody that that could happen because if they do it at home and they don't know or you they've had a breathwork session and then you click off Zoom, leave meeting, and then they're at home in bed. <laughs> Shake <laughs> it. <laughs> and then they're like, is What's this happening? supposed to happen? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you about that part. 
Yeah. That, so so the you live and learn, last. you know. Yes, it can last a long time. It's what's happening. Yeah. Why? What's your going body on? is shaking off that that energy is coming up in your nervous system, and Do the nervous system wants to get rid of it because it's not serving you. Oh. Our body's so smart. Oh. Do you know that any time that I am going to throw up? I have that really bad tremor shake right before and it's really intense and my whole body and then I do it and it's like this huge release like when I'm sick you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying and I feel like it's almost exactly what you're saying the body's gathering all that bad stuff to get it out of you yes it's going to purge one way or another if it doesn't you're just going to be stuck in here feeling like shit basically Mm. so yes purging is not uncommon uh, shaking, all of that, trem- so movement, and then the tremoring is a byproduct of the breath work, the emotions coming up, the movement, and that's how the body releases. Well, and I, I'm, I'm also going through some therapy right now with stuff I didn't know I was holding on to, and I was explaining to both of you, actually, that um, when I went and kind of found that locked door, sort of, um, when it opened, which was scary, but I, I'm glad I had, you know, my, my therapist to guide me through it. When it opened, I felt like it cracked open a door that we're talking about metaphorically, but it also quite literally opened a door emotionally. And for days I was emotion I would cry and but like it felt different than any cry I had felt because I could feel the emotion coming from that specific place in my body coming out through my throat where I normally didn't let it out and it was like an emotional door had opened and it was all flowing out and releasing in a very sweet way but like I was also like, Amanda, it's so weird. I cannot even like talk about this without just crying and crying and crying. But I, I'm not going to apologize because it's getting out. I'm, I'm so proud of where you, you have, you have made a very big realization and allowance of this exploration in both of our lives which is why you always say we're such angels to you, but you don't understand the places, yes, that you have opened in us. <laughs> because this is a hard life. And, and you are such, especially going through all of the trauma that you have, and you have excelled back to this higher self, and you just... And I think it's because of all of this work you've done, obviously, that this goodness doesn't have as many barriers of that we all carry around. You know, you've allowed yourself, your vessel to be open, unclogged it. I am so honored by everything you just said. I, I really don't know what to say. I love you both so much. I... In the time we've known each other, I've seen you both change so mm. so much in such a good way and soften. Well, attribute it to yourself. 
<laughs> I attribute everything to the divine. Yes. Because the divine is working through all of us. So I can't take credit for any of this. I can only be grateful for mm-hmm. that and for you beautiful ladies. Well, thank you. To wrap up, we're yeah, going to finish these. Let's do the last two steps. So people are like, okay, but we were looking for the last. Okay, so breathing into the feelings, feeling that sensation, crying, shaking, whatever you have to do, then your mind will really want to go back into thought story mode. When this happens, redirect your awareness back to your body. Take a deep breath. Take deep breaths. Keep feeling into your body. Let the feeling exist and trust that it will leave. Observe it changing. Watch it move. Notice that you have survived. Mm. Yeah. So it, your mind's going to want to take over. The pathological is want to get totally. you safe. Yeah. But don't. This is when people say, "Lean into the emotion." This is what they mean. Don't go back into story mode. Right. Get stay in your body. Feel the feeling because it will end and it will leave. But you have to observe it changing. Watch it move. Notice that you have survived it. Yeah. You just have to keep breathing. Maybe breathe through it. Maybe to finish, you could um, let us all take a couple of deep breaths together. Could you? I meant to do that in the beginning, and I forgot. Could you guide us through a few deep? Proper, delicious breaths. Okay. Well, I find it easier to get in the mood when I close my eyes. So let's just all close our eyes. And if you're listening to this or watching it, uh, I invite you to close your eyes. So we'll begin. Take a deep, long, slow, deep breath in through your nose, deep into your belly. So in. And exhale through your mouth. Not forcing, just exhaling. Just let it go. We're going to do this two more times because three is the magic number. So breathing in through the nose. And release. And one last time, breathing in. And out. And keeping your eyes closed. When you start to open your eyes, don't reach out. Don't grasp to bring the world back to you. Slowly, slowly open your eyes and allow the beauty, the color of the world to present itself to your conscious awareness. Don't use the muscles of your eyes. Just allow the world to flow back to you as you feel ready, and then we'll meet back together. And here we are. I love that. 
Thank you so much, Bonnie, for your wisdom and also for your going on the journey that you've been on because now you can share it with others. It's been a wild ride, but I know one thing for sure. God blessed me with both of you. Mm. I'm very grateful to be your friend. Important. <laughs> I I will say, like I felt in the room, a very like tangible presence of like, I don't know. I it was just like a zone or something. Did you feel that way? Yeah, just she she radiates like peace and goodness. You can't. I mean, we have surface level conversations with her, but you don't want to. Yeah, it's like she it, immediately takes you to a very soulful place. Yeah, and it's just like all of these things that I think you and I have been experiencing personally with like therapy work and with me, like with my holistic doctor and then like working with Bonnie through massage, like Mm. all of it kind of connects like the emotions and the physical um, stuff. It's just like our bodies are incredible. Yeah. And our minds and our like we're so complex. Mm hmm. And how, like, when we read The Alchemist and we were freaking out about the soul of the world and how everything's connected, it's, like, also not just, we're not just connected to everything, like, nature and other people and stuff like that, like, outside of us. Also, everything inside inside of us is connected with our experiences, with time in general, and it's a, a really beautiful and encouraging thing to know that it all really does make sense together somehow. And we do have some sort of control about the way that we live and handle ourselves in the world. Do you know what one of my favorite things about life is? What? Is that feeling you get when you connect with someone. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. like it the makes way you, you and I, like the first time we met, we it was like, okay, we're collided. It's when there's no there's no turning turning back. back. It was kind of the same feeling with Bonnie, the same feeling with like Amy Jo Martin and her best friend Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And like these people that you kind of collide with and you just are like, what's going on? That's random is so like the best feeling in life. And like, I feel that with Bonnie so strong. And so Mm -hmm. like to have her on the podcast, I I just hope you guys loved her. I hope when you were listening to this, You've loved her and you keep coming back to this episode. We're hoping to have her back for part 10, 12, 30. And listen, if you are local to Dallas, Texas or the surrounding areas, you must get a massage by this woman. Because or do breath work sessions and work with yeah, Bonnie. Yeah. And if you are not local, like we mentioned on the episode, you should contact her for these breath work sessions because they will change your life. She's incredible. I Every time I get a massage by her, I'm like, God, you have magic hands. She feels like everything I'm feeling. Because she's so connected. I know. She'll be, she'll be like, Ugh. she'll be like, this is it. And I'm like, you just touched me. How did you get right to the spot? 
Mm-hmm. Crazy. Okay. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Remember to follow us at dearfriend.podcast on Instagram. And if you're watching on the YouTube channel, thank you so much for watching us. Um, and we do these videos. We're still learning how to make them great. Ooh. But we love having a following on YouTube as well. So make sure you like and subscribe to see more videos. And thank you guys again for following along in these journeys with us, these conversations that we're having, and that hopefully we all leave these conversations and go back out into the world and do some good yes 